High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. I said this, um, I've been saying this a lot recently, and it's just so true. I have never been more excited about where we are as a church, about what God is doing, and more expectant about what God is going to do. Can somebody say amen? We are obviously, we're in the middle of a 25-year celebration. This is our 25th anniversary year, and God has done some really, really incredible things over the past 25 years, and it's really amazing. In January, we had our banquet, and we honored a lot of people, but there's so many, so many of, of you that you've been here a long time, and God's done incredible things. I was talking to David and Libby Weldy. They've been here 25 years. My grandparents have been here 25 years. Uh, uh, Gil and Ruthie have been here 25 years. Paul has been here 25 years. Any other 25-year people? And Miss Alta? Miss Alta has been here 25 years. Bruce and Rhonda, God, I don't think I didn't see them this morning, but they've been here 25 years. So, and we are so incredibly thankful for what God has done. But you know what? Part of celebrating what God has done isn't just celebrating what God has done, but it's celebrating what God will do. Because we're, we're celebrating what he has done, and we know that if he's done it before, then he's going to do it again in even a greater measure and in a greater way. We believe that over time, God is just going to show even greater goodness towards us and towards this body. So listen, you're here at the right time, and God is about to do something incredible in your life. Can somebody say amen this morning? I say God's going to do something incredible in your life. My favorite scripture, we were at a wedding, we were at, like I mentioned, we were at Wit's wedding yesterday, and uh, they uh, wanted everybody, they had a Bible there and wanted everybody to highlight their favorite verse of scripture uh, in, in the Bible, and I took it very seriously. I'm sure there's people who are highlighting some choice words from Song of Solomon. Um, y'all explain it to them later. Uh, but I went, I went into the, that scripture, that Bible, and I went to my favorite scripture, my favorite scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or even think, according to the power that works within you. It's my favorite verse of scripture. I'm not even preaching my message yet, but let me tell you why that's my favorite verse of scripture. Because the, the writer there is very clear. Paul's very clear. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or even think. There are some things that you want God to do that you won't even tell other people about because you think it's too crazy. And you don't want people to look at you funny and think that you're some wild out there person. Well, first of all, I've got good news for you. You are in the company of wild out there people who just believe that God can do whatever God wants to do and that he will do it in your life in an incredible way. But God is not just going to do what you ask for. He's going to do above the things you even think he could do. And I'm telling you, in this season, God is about to move in miracles in your life like you've never seen before. He's about to turn some situations around and bring restoration and bring wholeness and bring healing and bring deliverance in your family. He's going to put things together that were seemingly broken. And I'm telling you, just get ready and buckle your seatbelt because God's about to take you on a ride. And it's a roller coaster, but not in a bad way. It's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be fast. And God's going to do something absolutely phenomenal in your life in this season. Come on, somebody. 
Grab your Bible, go to Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one, amen. I wanna talk a little bit today, and this really ties in with what I'm talking about. I wanna to talk to you a little bit about Jesus as our healer. Somebody shout healer today. Come on, somebody shout healer. If you remember uh, months back, uh, Dad, Apostle Robert, he had a dream, and in this dream, he was standing on this platform, and he was making this, dec and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, making this short for, I don't wanna go through the whole thing, but in this dream, he was standing on this platform and he began to say this, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers. And as he was making that declaration, he saw people just streaming in to the church and receiving ministry and their lives are being changed by the power of the name of Jesus. And you know what, Jesus still today saves, heals, and delivers. I told Travis this week, I'm about to get some t-shirts, and I'm about to get three different t-shirts, one that says Jesus saves, one that says Jesus heals, one that says Jesus delivers, and we're just going to wear them all the time just to remind ourselves of that at all times and keep, because that's really, I understand that seems simple, but there's a lot of people who frequently lose, we get so busy in life and everything just bombards us and hits us and the news and media and things going on in culture and our busyness of life that we can so easily lose sight of this fact that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, and Jesus delivers. And he did it then. And he will do it today. And he will do it in the future when you face something that seems insurmountable. Jesus still saves, Jesus still heals, and Jesus will still deliver. This is something that we're just proclaiming in this season like, like we never have before. And you have to understand a huge part of the character of Jesus is this, that he is our healer. He is not the author of sickness. As a matter of fact, Scripture says this. It says that he took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. And by his stripes, we are healed. You are already healed. Your body might be catching up to that fact. But the reality is this. There is a spiritual reality that you are already healed. That's why we walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. I know you might feel a little bit achy whenever you wake up in the morning, but you're already healed. I know there may already be some things going on in your body, but you're already healed. Your body's catching up to that reality, but you're already healed. Doc was already healed whenever he was still having symptoms that didn't line up with the way his body was supposed to operate. His body was just catching up. You're already healed. Get that inside of you. You have all the victory you're ever going to have right now. You have all the healing you're ever going to have. You have all the deliverance you're ever going to have. And that's not bad news. That's good news that you are in the place where you've already been. It's already been made available unto you. You are not fighting from a place of trying to attain healing. You're already healed. You're just enforcing what Jesus has already done and what he's already accomplished. Your kids are already delivered. I know they're acting crazy right now. It's okay. They're already delivered. We're just in a place where our reality is catching up to what heaven has already declared. Come on, somebody. Heaven's already said it. And if heaven's already said it, that settles it for me. I don't care what anything else says. I talked about this on Wednesday night. Hope, the anchor of our souls, that whenever you have a word, and by the way, the Bible is a more sure word of prophecy. How many of you have words in the word? The Bible says this, that if I would believe on the Lord Jesus, not only would I be saved, 
But it says what? But my entire household will be saved. Listen, mama and daddy, that's a word that you can stand on, even if your kids don't look like it right now. Even if they're acting crazy. Even if they're acting jacked up. Even if they're involved with things in the world, you can drop the anchor of hope. That the word says that because you are saved, that your whole household will serve the Lord. I know it doesn't look like it right now, but there's a spiritual reality that's already in place. And we're just decreeing and declaring until what he has said becomes what we see. He's already said it. He's already done it. Somebody shout amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 29, it says this. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Verse 32. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all. Somebody shout all. They brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. I love this last part. And would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Stop there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. This is the, the gospel of Mark. It's really interesting. It's, it's probably the, it's believed to be the oldest written gospel. Written probably somewhere between 66 and 70 AD. Uh, while the church is under heavy persecution from this emperor that you may have heard of in history class named Nero. And Nero was a madman. And he persecuted the church really at a level unlike any other emperor ever had and ever would. Uh, and what's really interesting about Mark is in the Gospel of Mark, we get no genealogy. We get an abridged version of the baptism, the temptation, and the calling of the disciples. And we get just straight to the ministry of Jesus. In Mark 1, he's already working miracles. Because I think Mark had an understanding that when a church was under duress and under stress and under attack and under all sorts of issues, all this other stuff was kind of secondary to we got to just get to the heart of who Jesus is and what he wants to do. And the very, one of the very first things that Mark begins to reveal about Jesus is simply this. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. I referenced it earlier, but the Bible says that he took our infirmities, he bore our sicknesses, by his stripes we are healed. The reality is this, if my children have something in their possession that could harm them, as a good father, you know what I do? Take it away. And you know what I don't do? Give it back. How many, how many of your kids ever had something in their possession that could harm them? Right? Probably everybody. I was telling a story, <laughs> I was telling a story to somebody this week, and I was recalling when Josiah was very little, he was probably about one, or roughly one, and uh, we went to the Olive Garden, and the good old classic Italian authentic Olive Garden. <laughs> and uh, we were there with some friends, and they had kids too, and we sat down, Josiah was in a high chair. And you know, at Olive Garden, they just kind of already have glasses on the table and whatever. And Josiah grabs a glass. It was a, like a, a wine glass type glass, obviously empty. Not because we drank it all, because we don't drink it. <laughs> he grabs this wine glass and he takes it at one. And we're talking in a conversation and, you know, all it takes is a second. Like toddlers have reflexes like ninjas. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where did you get that thing and how did it get in your mouth so fast? He grabs a wine glass and he takes it and he smashes it on the table and suddenly he's got like a shiv in his hand that he's ready to like. And as a dad, I didn't just go, well, I hope that works out okay for you. You know what I did? I took and I took that thing and I pried his hands off of it and took it away and went, I need you to get rid of this. And then you know what else we did? We took every other glass off the table. You know what I didn't do? Take it away from him. I'm going somewhere with this. Take it away from him and then five minutes later go, would you like to play with this now? You know what that would make me? One, crazy. But two, not a very good father. And I don't know why in the world we have painted a picture of the Father who allows us to possess things that are dangerous to us, takes them away, and then goes, but you know what? I might give this back to you to teach you something. Jesus didn't take your sickness just to turn it around and give it back to you to try to teach you a lesson. God's not trying to teach you a lesson through sickness and disease. Now, in the midst of things, can God do things inside of us? Of course he can. But he doesn't send sickness. He doesn't send disease. He doesn't send malady. He doesn't send things to harm his children to teach them something. you got to get a different perspective of who the Father is because the Bible says that he is good. The Bible says he is a father, and the character of a father is not one to harm his children in any way. I've got four kids, and with, with, with our children, 13, 10, 5, and 2, almost 3. With those kids, I would never do anything in the world to harm them. And not only that, if somebody were to harm them, they're going to get harmed. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, mamas and daddies. Y'all are all nice and mild-mannered. Listen, I know Don. Don is always smiling. Don's just like the nicest guy on the face of the planet. Incredible. But Don's pretty jacked. Don's got kids and grandkids. And I guarantee you, if you want to see Don not smile, do something to one of his kids, and the smile would fade really fast. And it would become the Incredible Hulk version of Don. It's going to say, Don smash, and he's going to take care of something. All of, we got a lot of incredibly kind and gracious people in this church. But somebody messes with your kids. And the switch is going to get flipped. And you're not going to be so nice anymore. I told you all the story before about... Hanalee, we were on a, on a cruise ship, and there was this, she was about two years old on the dance floor dancing. And there was an elder, older gentleman who was not happy that on a cruise ship full of children that she was on a dance floor dancing. Because he said it was his playground. I'm not kidding you, am I? She has her playground, this is my playground. I said, you need to get her off of this because I would hate it if something bad happened to her. In a very threatening tone. And all of a sudden, the headlines flow through my brain. Pastor throws elderly gentleman off cruise ship. <laughs> so you don't mess with my kids. 
And you better believe that the Father God is the same way. He's not giving you sickness. It's the exact opposite. When sickness comes at you, he's going to rise up and he's going to war against sickness, not work with it. Our God is a healer. Jesus is a healer. Jesus came to heal you in whatever situation you're facing in your life. First account we get in the book of Mark is Jesus bringing deliverance to a man with an unclean spirit. Then we quickly shift to the scene we just read at Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law is sick. Let me just say this. Whenever you follow Jesus, because Simon was following Jesus, not Simon's mother-in-law. But whenever you follow Jesus, he doesn't just take an interest in you. He takes an interest in your family as well. How does Jesus respond to this? Does Jesus tell her, no, well, listen... Listen, Simon, you just need to understand that my father is trying to teach your mother-in-law something right now, so he's going to have to tough it out. Does he tell her, listen, listen, the world's fallen and things are just going to happen and you just have to bear it and maybe you'll make it through. And if she lives, she lives. And if she dies, she dies. And if she suffers, she suffers. That's not what Jesus does at all. What does Jesus do? He reveals his heart and he brings healing. The writer of Mark wants a church that's going through a season of difficulty to realize something, that our risen Savior is a deliverer and a healer. And this is the same message that I want to bring to you today, that our God is still a healer today. That our God is still a healer today. And I don't mean in just some sort of far off way where we believe it. We actually see God heal. I said, we see God heal. Y'all heard Doc's testimony last week. If you were here, uh, Dr. Mapp got up and gave testimony how God moved powerfully in his life and healed him. And God's just doing incredible things. Stephanie Sapp texts the church this week. Wait, everybody, Stephanie. Stephanie texts the church this week. You, your, your, the valve of your heart was leaking, correct? She had a leaking heart valve. And they were, were, you, they were talking about surgery. They were going to have to do surgery on her heart. And I don't know, two, three, four weeks ago, we had a word, a word of knowledge and service about God healing hearts. And, and I don't know, did we call people up? Somebody just pray for you in your seat. Called it out. Y'all came. People came around you, prayed for you. People in the church. I didn't lay hands on her. Pastor Robert didn't lay hands on her. Come on. People in the church. Because Jesus said, these signs shall follow those that believe that they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say these signs will follow those who are pastors. He said these signs shall follow those that believe. She went to her cardiologist this week. They did scans and everything. And they came in and the doctor told her, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but your heart valve is no longer leaking. You're completely good. You don't need surgery. Come on, somebody. Our God is still healing today. It's not some sort of far-off fairy tale, and he won't do it for you. Come on, if God will show up and heal Stephanie's heart valve, he'll heal whatever issue you're facing in your life. Our God is a healer. He's moving on your behalf. I love how this unfolds in this account and how Jesus heals. But the account doesn't stop whenever he heals Simon's mother-in-law. It says this. It says this, that they bring all in the city who were sick and oppressed. It says the whole city was gathered around the earth. I want you to just get that as a mental image for a moment. <laughs> Everywhere you look, there's people gathering at the door. They have needs. They have issues. They've got things going on in their lives that need to get fixed. And there's a man there who is willing to meet them and heal their issue. 
Can I tell you today, whenever you have issues, there is still a man who is willing to meet you where you are and heal your issues. Whenever you bring your issue to him, he doesn't go, uh, not my business. But he's willing to meet you where you are and bring healing. There's still a man named Jesus that wants to heal you. And when Jesus entered the world, he entered into our brokenness. He didn't enter to condemn us. He didn't enter to leave us broken. He came to heal now and forevermore. He came to put things back together to restore. And listen, we are still in a process of restoration in the earth and still in a process of healing. But you're part of that process and God is still healing you today. He's still healing me today. He's still healing all. I could go around the room. Stephanie's just one example. I could go around the room and I could start calling people out. How God's done miracles in their life. How God's done incredible things and miraculous things. Our son shouldn't be here today. By all medical definition, should not be here. But God showed up and healed him. God showed up and did something supernatural that is thankful of. We got Dr. Map over here. I'm so thankful for doctors. I love and respect doctors at a level that is hard to even to quantify in words the respect I have for people in the medical profession, especially after the past couple of years. The respect and honor I have for them is incredible. But listen, there's even a point where medical science doesn't have answers. And you know what? When medical science doesn't have the answer, I know the man who does. When we run out of, uh, of solutions in the medical field, I know the man who has the answer and has the solution. I'm thankful for physicians, but I'm even more thankful for the great physician who shows up and moves in miracles and in power on our lives, on our behalf. He heals all. Not some. Not the ones who are worthy. Not the ones who did it right. He heals all. He goes about healing all. And what's incredible about this is we also see just this increase of healing in this, in this account, right? Jesus starts with healing a fever, but he continues to heal various diseases. That's what it says, Very, not, not some, but various diseases. He, he, his, his increase, his healing increases. Can I just say this? That's still going on today. I think sometimes what we do is we read scripture and we read accounts and we go, wow, what Jesus did for them is so incredible. Wow, the way that he moved miraculously for them was so amazing. And I'm, I'm so awesome that they got to see that. And we read it almost as if it's some fairy tale. But the healing of Jesus is still increasing today. You know one way that it's increasing? Because whenever Jesus walked the earth, he laid hands on the sick and saw them recover. But then he released authority and power to all who believe to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You have healing in your hands. Oh, some of y'all having to process that. You have healing in your hands. You don't have to be a healing evangelist to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You don't have to be a pastor, apostle, prophet, teacher. All you have to do, these signs shall follow those that believe how many believers we have in the room today then you're going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover that's one reason we don't we believe in altar calls we may do one at the end of service i don't know we're going to see where holy ghost goes but that's one reason we don't always call everybody up and, and and have pastors lay hands on people because the reality is you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover you can lay hands on people and see deliverance you can lay hands on people and see freedom the healing of jesus increases because there's more people now authorized to be agents of healing in the earth you're an agent of healing. 
Listen, your sickness isn't too big of a deal for Jesus. COVID-19 is not too big of a deal for Jesus. Y'all don't get quiet on me this morning. Diabetes isn't too big for Jesus. Go on, cancer isn't too big for Jesus. AIDS isn't too big for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Crohn's disease isn't too big for Jesus. Can I say this? Listen, mental disabilities aren't too big for Jesus. Addiction isn't too big for Jesus. I don't care what you're facing. He came to heal your issue. He came to meet you where you are and change you forever. Not for a season or for a moment, but for forever. You're not going to be allowed to be sick in heaven. Sickness won't exist. Sick, you know sickness doesn't exist in heaven? There wasn't a lockdown in heaven during COVID. Doesn't exist there. Right? Are y'all with me? Sickness, you're not going to get the cold when the kingdom comes. And Jesus told the disciples, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. So if there isn't sickness in heaven, then we should pray that there be no sickness on the earth among us. Oh, do you believe that that can actually happen, Pastor? I don't know. That's just what Jesus told us to pray. So if Jesus said to pray that way, then I'm going to pray that way, and I'm going to believe for it to be a reality. Come on, somebody. And listen, I'm preaching this to somebody. I've told Pastor Miranda, our kids, we've probably had more, more issues with, with sickness in their life over the past six months than we have in their entire lives. But you know what? The truth is the truth. And I don't preach based on what I've experienced. I preach based upon what he said. As a matter of fact, I'm going to preach this all the more conviction today because I need it right now more than I've ever needed it before. So I'm not going to stop preaching something as truth because of what I experienced that might be contrary to what he said because my situation has to bow a knee to what he said. I don't change what I believe based on what I'm experiencing. My experience has to change based upon what I believe and what he has said. I believe healing is still for us today. I still believe Jesus is a healer. I believe he came to heal forever and ever and ever. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and says this, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. You know what the Greek word all means there? It means all. Everybody. All of them. Right? Their nephew, niece, uncle, aunt, neighbor, cousin. means everybody. Jesus didn't just heal some. Jesus healed all. And I believe it is still the will of God to heal all. Can I, I'm just going to challenge you with something real quick. If you pray this way, Lord, if it be your will to heal, don't pray like that anymore. I'm not rebuking you. I'm encouraging you. Okay? I want you to get the wrong idea. And this is why I'm telling you this. Because we know it's his will to heal. I don't have to ask God, if it be your will, would you heal? Because I know that the will of God is healing. Jesus said this, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And Jesus went about healing all. So you know what the will of the Father is? All. To heal all. To heal everyone. 
Listen, I promise you there are people in this room today that have issues that you need healing. And you know what God's will for you is? Healing. He wants to heal everyone in this room, not just a select few, not just the ones who get it right all the time, which, by the way, there's nobody in this room that falls under that umbrella. And if you think you do, then we're just going to, you've already got one wrong, pride. <laughs> nobody in this room hits the mark every time. And God doesn't just do it for the ones who, who, who get enough good brownie points. He heals all. We don't really have anything to know about Simon's mother-in-law other than just she's connected to Jesus via Simon. And she gets healed, and then she starts serving. Can I say this too? This is my notes, but this is good. I think one of the reasons we need to embrace healing and we need to operate in healing is because when people who don't know Jesus get healed, they start serving him. I believe one of the greatest evangelistic tools we have is people who don't know Jesus who are sick. And we go, can I pray for you? I don't need to lead you down the Romans road. I don't need you to understand right in this moment all the theological implications of this. I just need you to know that there's a God who wants to heal you. There's a God who loves you so much that he's not going to let you stay in sickness. And I just want to lay hands on you and pray for you. I want to challenge everybody. If they're, you all have heard dad say this for years. If those of you who, who, who are, are high praise OGs, veterans, high praise vets. Y'all know this one. If somebody's bold enough to tell you about their sickness, you need to be bold enough to step out and say, can I pray for you? Here's an activation for you. Can I Pray for you. You know, I've heard dad say this for years too. Worst case scenario is they say no. And they're so scared they never tell you about their issue again and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Best case scenario, they let you pray for them. God does a miracle in their life. And suddenly they go from somebody who's just connected to somebody who knows Jesus to somebody who's serving Jesus because a man showed up to them and he began to move in power in their lives. Can I pray for you? I told you all this story a couple, couple months ago. I was in the, the Winn-Dixie line checking out, getting some groceries. Nice to cashier. I make, I make it a habit just to be nice to people. Let me encourage you. Just be nice to people. It goes a long way. Take interest in their lives, even if you don't know them. They're a person just like you. I know they're ringing up your groceries. I know they're your server at the restaurant, but they're people, human beings with issues, with family, with things going on in their lives. And maybe if people would show them a little bit of kindness and compassion, it would go a long way, especially church people. There was the old, I think it, old, I think it's still the case that People who are servers could verify this for me. That, that the shift that nobody likes to work is Sunday lunch. Because all the church people come in. And they're rude and they don't tip. Don't let it be said of high praise people. We're going to shower people with love and we're going to tip them real well too. I know that your tea got a little bit too empty. You'll be okay. Bless them anyways. I know they brought you fries and you ordered coleslaw. It'll be okay. Bless them anyways. It's going to be all right. You don't need to tear their head off because they brought you the wrong side. Calm down.
You want to be like Jesus? Everybody wants to be like Jesus. I want to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. You know one of the reasons Jesus was able to move in miracles? Because he loved people. And if you just allow God to, to impart a new love into your heart for people, the Bible says that Jesus was moved by compassion. If you're moved by compassion, the miraculous will flow through you a lot easier. If I was in Winn-Dixie, the lady was checking out my groceries. She was scanning me, and I, I did my normal thing. Hey, how are you doing? You having a good week? She said, no. I said, all right. I said, you all right? She started telling me all the issues she had been going through and diagnosis she had. And I said, well, there's people behind me in line. They may not have been happy with it, but they'd be okay. They can wait another 15 seconds. I said, can I pray for you? She looked, her eyes got real big. Because people don't just ask you, hey, can I pray for you? In Winn-Dixie. Can I pray for you? She said, well, sure. I didn't, I didn't jump up on the conveyor belt, <laughs> slide down all the way, lay hands on her head, go, in the name of Jesus. Prayer on aisle two. Prayer on... Now that I think about it, though, maybe I should have done that. I very calmly, reserved. She had her name tag. I don't remember her name now. I said, Father, we just thank you for our sister. We thank you right now, Lord. You're releasing healing into her life. We thank you, Lord, that you're making that your love, you're making your love for her evident. And Lord, you're going to do something incredible in her life. She's going to have a testimony on the other side of this of how Jesus healed her because Jesus loves her. We thank you. We release healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's simple. And you know what? That's every bit as anointed as shouting and slobbering and spitting. And listen, I shout and slobber and spit. I'm Pentecostal to my core. It's who I am. But the anointing's not in that. The anointing is in Jesus. The anointing is in the power of his word being released. Let me encourage you. I want high praise to be known as the place that just everywhere we go, we pray for people. Because we love people. And when we see people changed and their lives impacted for the kingdom, that's what Jesus did. That's what the disciples did. If you want to be like Jesus, start loving people and start praying for people. That's simple. Start loving people, start praying for people. This is the reality. Just be nice. That's right. Start there. Just be nice to people. It's the reality. Jesus came to the earth on a seek and save mission. I'm going to wrap up fast. Y'all hang with me. He came to save that which was lost. Healing was lost at the fall. But Jesus came to bring that back. One of the first things he does in the book of Mark, he goes to the house of a sick woman. Jesus is still in the business of entering the house of the sick. He's still in the business of showing up to your house and bringing healing. You just need to invite him in. You just need to let him in. I'm going to close with this thought. The last thing he does, if you go back and read it, it says actually in verse 34, the very end, it says this, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. I tell you what one of the biggest hurdles to healing, deliverance, and breakthrough is. Getting to a place where the enemy's mouth is shut so you can hear the voice of healing. Jesus will shut the mouth of the accuser because the enemy wants to tell you you're always going to be sick. 
The enemy wants to tell you your family's always going to be messed up. Your kid's always going to be on drugs. They're always going to be the one who's getting in trouble. How many of you ever had the enemy lie to you like that? Tell you that. It's never going to, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. You are so silly up there dancing, talking about the enemy baby all around me, but I'm running free because he set me free. You know what you did yesterday. And you know what that is? That is the voice of the accuser. That is the voice of the enemy. And that's the voice you're going to have to turn off and silence so you can get healing and freedom and deliverance that you need. You aren't worthy of blessing. You aren't worthy of healing. It says in Mark, says this in Mark, the way Mark says he would not permit the demons to speak. That's really a kind way of putting it. Let me put it this way. Jesus told the enemy that he had to shut his mouth. I don't understand why, why more Christians don't just get a bit of an attitude with the devil. They're real nice to him. They're nicer to him than they are to the waitress. Listen, I just tell the enemy, listen, I hear you right now, but you got to shut up. You better shut your mouth because what you're saying is not the truth. What you're saying is not the truth, and it is the truth that's going to set me free. So I'm going to listen to the voice of truth that says that I'm healed. I'm going to listen to the voice of truth that says I'm delivered. I'm going to listen to the voice of truth that says I'm set free. And devil, you got to shut up. I know people may not be used to hearing a pastor say shut up. Okay. We're talking to the devil. We're telling him shut your mouth. Stick a sock in it. Not another word. Y'all are quicker to tell your kids to be quiet than you are to tell the devil to be quiet. You got to tell the enemy, be quiet. You're a, a liar and the father of all lies. And I believe Jesus is showing up to silence that voice today. There's those of you in this room today that you have heard the voice of the accuser over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, you're going to leave this place with the voice of the accuser silenced. And you're going to hear his voice releasing what he wants to release. Come on, you're healed today. You're restored today. God is moving in power and in glory in your life because my God is a healer. And he's coming today to heal you of all sickness, of all disease, of all malady, of all infirmity of addiction, of mental issues, whatever, depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, God is showing up in this place to heal you today. Will you stand up to your feet? Stand up to your feet. He's going to heal you today. Can you lift your hands to heaven all over this room? I want you to pray with me today. I would say, Father God, come on, say, Father God, I thank you that you are my healer, that you are my deliverer. And today, I expect to receive my miracle. Today, I expect to receive deliverance. Today, I expect to be made whole, to be made whole and to be made new. I thank you that today, the voice of the accuser is being silenced. I say, enemy, shut your mouth. I say, devil, shut up. I'm not listening to you any longer. But the voice of healing, the voice of deliverance is looming large in my life in this day and in this hour. Come on, will you give him praise and glory for it today? Come on, give him praise and glory for it today. 
Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.